Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Greetings and welcome to episode 262 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. My name is Barbara. What's happening, Barb? Just end of the month chaos. Is it end of the month or is it you were gone for almost two weeks on a cruise? <laughs> I was gone for one week and it's just busy. Oh. In Florida, spring break, is it the opposite of everywhere else? Because it's kind of slow here in Indiana. I'm not sure, buddy, but I can oh. tell you it's busy as hell. Yeah? Yeah. So how was the cruise? I mean, even though we didn't miss an episode, we skipped a week talking and I haven't heard. Oh, that cruise was amazing. Yeah. Can't get that time back with your family and your mom and dad. And it was just, I didn't think I was a cruising person, but I'll tell you what, it changed my mind. It was just yeah. unbelievable. I saw your post. I thought it was funny. You got on this big cruise ship in these beautiful areas and you guys all went and saw a movie. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Oh, they've got Vegas shows, movies, freaking you name it. Like there's just never a time where there's nothing to do. Which yeah. I mostly I ran and hit the gym and hit the sauna and laid out in the sun pretty much. Is it like twenty four hours something to do? Pretty much, but I was in bed at nine o'clock every night and slept like a baby. Oh, I bet. Great. Yep. Thank you for asking. Yeah, that's awesome. Again, what's up this week? Well, did you get a certain gift from a good friend of ours, Joseph Young? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got some Fireball and some <laughs> Tuli wine and loved it. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, so a couple, I think on our fifth year anniversary episode, you mentioned, Joe, you need to send some wine, and <laughs> that some bitch sent us some wine, so. Yeah, he said, this is what you get for calling me out on the air. I was like, all right, I'm going to do it more often. <laughs> yeah, Joe, you need to send us a million dollars. He's the best. Yeah, and sorry it took us a while to mention it, Joe. Uh, Barb, of course, was on a cruise, so. Yes, thank you, sir. So this week, we're going to make the official announcement that Barb and I, again, will be with our good friends Ivoclar, but instead of the freezing cold of Chicago, we will be in the warm California sun. Right. Yes. So for the first time ever, we will be recording at LMT Lab Day West. That's in Garden Grove, California. All I know is Disneyland is near there. Yep. May 12th and the 13th. So have you ever been to Lab Day West? No, I have not. And I'm super uh, excited. It is awesome. And May is a great time to go. So Yeah. I've been the last couple of years when I was with Preet. I mean, sure, it's a little smaller than Chicago, you know, but the vibe is like more relaxed. It's kind of hard to describe. California. Yeah. The venue's smaller. Even though there's less people, you seem to see more people because it's a smaller venue. If that makes sense. It does. In an Elvis sort of manner. Yeah. Uh, which, if you could make sense out of me, more power to you. <laughs> right. Agreed. And, of course, it'll be, what, probably 75, 80 instead of no. 18 or 20? Instead of 90. <laughs> yeah. oh. So make sure you head over to lmtmag.com to see the event and all the speakers they got going on. And then come and find us at the Ivoclar Room, where, again, we're going to try to talk to as many people as possible. Yeah, and wear your shirts. Absolutely. Good place to wear t-shirts. Uh, no doubt. And speaking of LMT, next week we start 
all of the great conversation we got from oh, Lab yeah, Day yeah. Chicago. So, Cannot wait. Yeah. But this week, we got a real treat. We got to chat with a gentleman that's been around for the formation and start of a lot of things in our industry. It's crazy what he's been involved with. Brian Benny. Brian grew up at his father's lab in Canada. Even after attending dental lab school, Brian knew his hands wouldn't allow him to be a technician. So the next best thing was to go into sales and support the industry. He's been with Ivaclar when Empress came to America. He was with Vita when they made the first Vita block when Sarek came out. Crazy. He's with you at night when it formed the Lexar group. Yep. And he's still killing it at PacDent, helping to bring new materials and technology to the digital world. It's a name-dropping galore as we chat with Brian Benny. If efficiency and performance are what you are looking for in a compact milling system, then the program mill drive from Ivoclar is the right choice for you. Produce precise zirconium oxide crowns and bridges, plus a range of PMMA materials, including the innovative iMotion material for the digital production of complete ventures. Ivoclar provides white glove delivery service, training, choice of service contracts, and their outstanding after-sales service and support, which we all know is super important. Contact your friendly Ivoclar sales representative today for lucrative promotions and to create a digital solution that's right for you. And as always, we appreciate your support of the podcast, Ivoclar. Hey, it's Candular from Switzerland. We have been designing teeth since 1936. Successful tooth design knows only one benchmark, your own standards and those of your patients. Discover our Toothline PhysioSet TCR with new 18 anterior molds, manufactured specially for the U.S. market and your daily work at your bench. If you are looking for new options in removable, get to know us at candular.com and find out more. You will be supported and supplied by our authorized dealer, Edmunds Dental Supply. Candular. High-end only. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. We'd like to welcome to the podcast, Brian Benny. How are you, sir? I am excellent this morning in the thriving metropolis of Pahrump, Nevada. So <laughs> You're in Nevada? Wow. Yeah, yeah. We used to live, we lived for many, many years in Orange County in Brea. That's what I thought, yeah. We made a decision about a year and a half ago to get out of the rat race and uh, uh, move up to Nevada. And we went to Las Vegas and looked around and we say, hey, wait a minute, this is changing four quarters for a dollar. And so we went, over, we went over the hump and settled here in Pahrump. So we were, awesome. you know, I didn't think I was. I'm a big city guy. And I never thought we, that I'd ever settle down in a little burg, I call it. It's our little town of Pahrump. 
but about an hour outside of Vegas. And, you know, there's wild horses come down the, to the, uh, to the property and drink out of our ponds and, wow. and they, but the burrows are come by. It's, it's just really nice. You know, and if we want to go and play in the big city, it's only an hour away. Yeah, Things are good and we really enjoy it out here. It's a nice time. And I'm, I'm hooked up directly to the office, to the, to uh, pack tent in Brea and I'm on their computer here. They've, set me up pretty nicely with three screens and a nice uh, facility here and that it works out nice real good yeah the wonderful world of remote working absolutely so brian we chatted a little bit before the recording you got quite the history oh yeah so yeah, yeah. and i know you even have a connection with barb's group yeah i do so I do. let's go all <laughs> the way back to the beginning all the way back to the beginning wow yeah yeah, like how did you get into the industry? Well, my dad, my dad, Roy Binney, he owned a dental lab in Vancouver, British Columbia. He was born and he got a job in Winnipeg, Manitoba, working with a guy by the name of Archie Shaw. And not to get too bulked down, but a guy by the name of Walter Baluk and my dad were best buddies forever and Walter actually went east to Toronto and opened up Shaw Toronto uh, that big operation back there which was the biggest lab at the time in Canada until Ohio Meyer opened Orem and my dad had the biggest lab in western Canada in Vancouver so I was born into the industry and uh, you know I can remember that my dad bringing home cases that he couldn't get out and actually boiling them out on the kitchen stove. <laughs> I got monomer in my veins, I think. Yeah. From there, he put me uh, through dental tech school, and uh, one of his very, very good friends was at that time the class instructor, head chief instructor. So they put me through, and because my dad was so well-known in the industry, he said to me, okay, Benny, I said, I'm going to allow you to graduate this year, but don't you ever pick up a wax spatula as long as you live. <laughs> I have two left hands. There's no question. And I don't know what happened in the translation, but that's what happened. So then I went into sales. So wait a minute. You graduated, but you couldn't do the work? Now, Elvis, that never happens. You know, <laughs> you know what, 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 do they call, what do they call a dentist who graduates last in their class? A dentist. Yes. <laughs> and barb you you know that there's some of those out there never mind no, heck yeah, I do. <laughs> that didn't happen no anyhow so i went into sales and uh, i cut my teeth in in working in the summertime before i was going to school college and uh, working for dental supply companies as right down to a delivery boy through to and uh, assistant purchasing agent and things like that and then went from there, I went working uh, in the supply industry, worked for a dental supply company for a long time up in Canada, Ash Temple, which is now Henry Schein. Hmm. And then uh, then from there, went to uh, Williams Gold, and then Williams Gold became Iba Clar. And Oh, my God. Williams Gold. I remember that. My dad used that company way back in Detroit, Michigan. Yes, yes, yes. Williams Gold uh, with, uh, with Bud Williams and John Williams and, and, uh, in Buffalo. Iba Clar. AG bought 
Williams Gold. And I was working for Williams Gold at the time. Then, of course, I knew Rudy Michael very well. Rudy and I were good friends because Rudy, I skipped a beat there somewhere. I, <laughs> I was working for a gentleman who was so well known in the industry by the name of Carl Kempnick. Carl uh, was uh, basically, he was the first president of Iba Clark way back when, when, when they were just Ibo who. And, <laughs> and uh, so I worked for him and then, then, uh, then he, he uh, got to go to work for Williams Gold. And of course, within two weeks of me joining Williams Gold, they called us all into Buffalo and they announced that Ivoclar was buying them. And it was, if you can remember, it was Williams Ivoclar. Then it was Ivoclar Williams. Then it was Ivoclar Dental. Wow. Then now it's it was it's Ivoclar Bividen. So it was a great, wonderful experience to work with that that organization. You know, I was there uh, at the table when actually Ivor Clark was going thinking about IPS Empress. There was this product called IPS Empress. And we were all sitting around the board table at the time. And there was discussion about people. Well, nobody will come to Buffalo. You know, people don't come to Buffalo for training. We, da, 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 da. And actually, <laughs> Ivor Clark IPS Empress came to be into the United States by two votes at that table, you know, and that's, if without IPS Empress, I do not think that Ivoclar would be Ivoclar today like it is. It's the product that set them apart from the world as far as I'm concerned. So wait a minute, wait a minute. So Empress was in another country and there yes. are people against it coming to America? Oh yeah. Oh Why? yeah. Why? Why? It doesn't make sense. it came from Williams Gold. <laughs> Oh, you thought it would cut into your gold business? Oh, I'm sure they did, and, I, and of course, oh yeah, they and of course they were right. <laughs> That's another whole story. But it came to town, and I actually had the privilege, and I, I say this is a privilege because I they going around the table while the people are asking for comment. People would say that nobody will come to Buffalo for training and nobody will do that. And I said, look, I'll fill the first class. I promise you, I will definitely fill the first class. And I can remember Bob Ganley sitting at the other end of the table. He says, are you putting your job on that? And I said, I guess I, I, guess I just did. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? If you look at the first Empress class, the very first one, all but one of the participants are Canadians, you know, and um, because that's where I was, I was uh, I was the general manager that time of, of Ivor Clark Canada, and uh, the, we did fill the first Empress class, except for one, and that was a gentleman from Ottawa Dental Lab that you all probably know very well, Mr. Caruso. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Caruso, yeah. absolutely. I know, yes. I know his son. Yeah, there we so go. So, how did you convince? people to go to a training for a this this new non-metal restoration was this the first non-metal well yeah. i don't think it was the very first one it was uh, the one that we were we were banking on and yeah. and quite frankly it wasn't really that hard it was really not <laughs> that wasn't that hard to convince them because you had all the numbers and you had the samples and you and you know people look for new things you know then to to get 10 people in a, in a whole country to come to, Bu- to Buffalo, it really wasn't that hard. And we created an experience. And, yeah. and, you know, and it, you know, but it wasn't just going to Buffalo. It was an experience. And uh, I believe, Barb, you've been through it. You know, you've been oh, yeah. through Buffalo. And it, at that time, we had a limo, limo pick you up at the airport and take you to the hotel. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and, and let's go back a few steps. It was one of the very first 
go to the corporation deals. And we basically, dental technicians for the most part didn't travel that much. They didn't go to courses in other places, you know. And so you could look at this whole class and then the mo- and, and you knew they all got new shirts. They all got new <laughs> pants. They all got a haircut. <laughs> yeah. All, yeah, they all got a haircut. <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was just really, really cool. And, you know, we had a beer bash the first night and, you know, and that sort of stuff. Everybody got to meet each other. And then we went to class the next night and then we had chicken wings. And then we took them up for a big banquet to uh, to the golf course. And yeah. it, was, it was a real experience all the way through it. And, the, and what was remember, memorable about it, we got to meet people from all over the country and that sort of thing. So, and being from Canada at that time, I was back and forth across the borders for, for so many times. I forget, I, I used to just wave at the customs officer, you know, <laughs> anyhow, they were, there's a, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience and was a great company to work for. But finally, my wife said to me, wait a minute here, all there's really here is chicken wings and 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 the falls you know and so again because it it was we were there one year when the snow was just ridiculous and she was from western canada at that time and uh, so we just left and she said well, i'm going back and she says you can come with me or not well that was a, <laughs> that was a no-brainer yeah <laughs> and so i went home and uh, the next thing i got a call within two weeks from a gentleman by the name of wayne whitehill uh, who was passed on now, but he was a CEO of Vida, Vident at that oh, time. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and would you like to come down and play? Well, it was in California. Well, that's not so bad. So I said, well, I have a problem, and that one was one of credibility. You know, you can't change the companies and say, mine is better than yours again and again and again. Yeah. So I, I did go down, and, be, I mean, and I, they kind of hid me in a corner somewhere for a couple of years, so I got to work with them, and then, of course, I uh, went back and opened up the Canadian operation and then uh, came back down to California and worked for them for 15 or 16 years. And You opened up Vita Canada? Yes, I did. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does yeah. one open up a, a whole country to a product as big as Vita? That sounds like quite the undertaking. It was, but it had a name in the industry. It had a- Sure. But it was an experience. I had not done anything like that before ever in my life. I learned at the knee of Wayne. Interesting story behind him as well. He was the chief of Secret Service wow. for Richard Nixon. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. All oh, the stories that, that he can tell were phenomenal. I mean, uh, but uh, sharing a real quick one is that he coordinated the trip to Richard Nixon to Russia. Okay, so, and he was always one that would always, you'd go into him and present something. He would always say, what if, what if, what if, what if, and he drove us crazy. Mm-hmm. And so he told the story of when Nixon went to Russia and he went, came off the plane. He was, uh, he, Richard liked to drink and he was a little bit uh, inebriated, shall we say. <laughs> so he came down the ramp and Wayne said, oh no. And so as he was coming down the ramp, he told him that, well, the first person you're going to meet is Mrs. Grobachev, and she's wearing the brooch that you gave her uh, in the Europe somewhere. And, uh, of course, she says to her, oh, hello, hello. Oh, I see you're wearing the brooch. And, and so he took him all the way through the receiving line. Then he finished. And Wayne stepped in front of him to lead him into the terminal. 
and he tapped Wayne on the shoulder and he said, I got a pee. <laughs> well, they are human. <laughs> but who would have thought to just in the event that the president of the United States had to take had to go pee in Russia that they would have secured a restroom inside the terminal for that to happen. <laughs> and they didn't? And Is they that what did. you're saying? They oh, did. He, that's why he's the what-if man. Anyhow, <laughs> and then from, from there I had an awesome experience because when Sharona and, uh, came out with Sarek, yeah, I had the awesome experience to work with Drs. Mormon and Brandestini in Switzerland to develop the Vita block and Dr. Robert Kelly from the University of Yukon, Connecticut, was the brains behind and the developer of the original Vita block. So I, I can remember Sarek when Sarek was just a thought, and we went through developing that. And I've had really, really, really good experience with um, the CAD CAM. And then we brought the, the Sarek to the marketplace, and it was good fun. And then I had awesome experience with working with Norbert Ulmer when we brought the InLab to the marketplace and training all the people. And we just mirrored what happened at IPS Empress in, in Brea, and, and people came to Brea to learn about InLab and all that sort of stuff. And, and it was, it, it's been a wonderful, wonderful ride so far, and it's still going. I'm 78 years old going on 40, you know. And, uh, <laughs> it sounds like it, Brian. Seriously. Barb, I love it. And then, of course, I met a gentleman by the name of Harmeet Bindra. And Harmeet, oh. Harmeet Bindra is, I think Barbara will chime in and say, she's a wonderful, wonderful human being. Yep. Okay. He had a vision of uh, forming a dental group in the United States. He was from India, and uh, I had the privilege of introducing Harmeet to Norm Weinstock, and I think Norm introduced him to uh, the Knight Dental Group, uh, to Warren Rogers, and then from there it's it's blossomed out, and now it's a very significant organization in the United States, that's for sure. Yeah. So I, I, I had that opportunity and I worked a little bit for my dental studios, but I, I just, it just wasn't my beer. So I went back into the dental product business and I was working for a, a CAD cam company at that time who's no longer around, but uh, I worked for them and, and I learned a lot about development of lasers and, and scanners and, wow. and bills, etc. And, and then uh, from there, I, I, I basically retired and about a couple of months after retired, my wife says, why don't you go to Walmart and get yourself a job as a Walmart greeter? Oh yeah. Because you're driving me crazy, honey. Get out of the house for a little while. (laughs) Barb, you're absolutely correct. So I went to a company that was just one mile away. I didn't have any idea what they did or or anything. I went there and I walked in like I'm, and I said, uh, you know, I t- talked to the CEO, his name is Daniel Wang, and the company's name is Dent. P-A-C hyphen D-E-N-T. And it's a dental company, obviously. It, it's a dental company. How convenient. Yeah, and, and so I wandered in there, and we chatted, and I, he said, come on in, and I said, so we had a good time, and we told told stories to each other, and 
he said, sure, sure, you come to work for me, but I don't know what you can do. And he said, I said, neither do I. Let's, he said, well, how much do you want to work? And I said to him, well, I, I'm, I'm more wanting to go do something and get something done. I, I'm not really coming here to work for money. So he said, well, I'll, what do you want? And I said, well, pay me a thousand bucks a month and I'll be happy. And he said, what? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I don't know. So I, I went there and worked for him. And gosh, within two, two months, uh, my salary had changed dramatically. And I tell you, I've been, there's a, two people I would hang off a cliff for and know that they would never let the rope go if they were holding it. Aww. And that's a gentleman by the name of Wayne Whitehill and another one by the name of Daniel Wayne. Uh, he's just that kind of a guy. He's he's true to the soul. Now I, I'm basically a special projects director, and I work very, very closely directly with him. And, and one of the projects that we wanted to do is get into the printing business. Pactent for many, many, many years has been a private label company. We made products for a number of big names, uh, Dent Supply, uh, Kerr, to, to name some of them. Oh, and, okay. and, and every dental supply company, Henry Schein, Patterson, and you can keep on going all the way along, we made private labels for them in their private label brand materials. Hmm. And so they were a hidden gem, but they made print material for printing and they made it for a couple of noted uh, presently on the market people and uh, I took a look Barb and you are very specific about this there's a lot of print materials out there and the wonderful FDA all of a sudden cleared this print material to be okay to be used or authorized to be used for uh, single crowns and inlays and onlays well Originally, I knew because it was our our product. I knew that one of the couple of the materials that were on the market were. I looked at the physical properties and I looked at them and I said, "Wait a minute, this is guaranteed to break. We just don't know when." You know, mm. and and so I said to our ceramic engineers and our resin chemists, I said, "We got to do better than this." And we were making it and, and, and private labeling it for other companies. And, and I, I just didn't like it. So how do you figure that out? What were you looking at? We were looking at the physical properties of the various competitive materials. I don't want to name them because they're still. No, I know. No, I know. And they were, they, their flexible strength just wasn't there. Wow. Uh, you know, and you know, it, it just, it wasn't ready. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and so we basically sat down and, um, I told the ceramic engineers what I'd like to get. They haven't yet got to where I want them to. We will. Uh, we've got a prototype product right now that's going to be significantly higher in, in uh, flexural strength. But we had to look at it and say, the magic number is 400. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. We are not there yet. Okay. And, and our new material, which will be a year away, will be there. There's no question. We're working with Dr. Russell Giordano at Boston University and with Mr. Lee Culp, uh, oh, yeah. a well-known dental technician and friend. Lee is 
as critical as anybody can be about making things right. Okay. Yeah. And so he's, he's consulting with us and working with us and on the R and D team to develop this, the, uh, the second generation of what we call Rodin sculpture, Rodin after the, after the sculpture who did the thinker and mm-hmm. the Rodin sculpture is excellent, excellent material. We have it on the marketplace right now. It is the best. It is the, the industry setting standard. I don't want to turn this into a commercial, but I almost have. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I always, but I do scream about the beauty of a product that that will make technicians even more used to the to the community. We have focused, and we still believe. We believe that dentists shouldn't be doing lab work. Yeah, okay. I agree. Uh, there's, you know, that's not their training. And a weekend course in Brea, a weekend course in Amherst, a weekend course wherever doesn't turn them into a dental technician. It's the same thing up with implants. You know what I'm saying, Barbara? A weekend oh, yeah. course does not turn a dentist into an implantologist. Okay. Neither does a YouTube video. <laughs> that, really? that's, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? We think that technicians for the for the most part, are very well-trained people and they should be given that respect. And so our marketing team has not marketed to the dentist. We have marketed to the dental technicians because we know they have responsibility. Let me just say one thing in here if I can. Yeah. Okay, the dental technician, okay, is a one that knows what he's doing with the material, Okay. He doesn't usually take too many shortcuts. We right now believe in our, in our material is filled over 50% with ceramic. Okay, mm-hmm. now it meets ADA standards. It meets the, the standards that, that ADA says it qualifies for a ceramic restoration and therefore is eligible for insurance coverage. Okay? Very important, yep. Okay, very, very important. Yeah. Okay, but we haven't found a curing box on the marketplace with the exception of the auto flash. We do not sell the printers and we do not sell auto flash. We do not, but I'll tell you, you do need something with the quality of the auto flash to cure these new resins, highly filled resins that are coming from any manufacturer. And that's just the way it is because if you want to keep the product to meet the standards, you need to cure it well. And the Autoflash is the only one our R&D engineers really bend over and bless, and as does people like Russell Giordano at Boston and Nate Lawson at the University of uh, Alabama and even John Sorensen up there at the University of Washington. They all are very, very strong about using and curing the material correctly. So let me, let me ask you a question about that. So how does one know or not know if they are curing it correctly? Like I'm a technician and I'm working with the material. I have curing oven. Is there any, obviously it's going to fail eventually, but there, is there any way for our listeners to understand or see or be able to visibly see whether it is or isn't cured? You know, I'm not a technician, so I don't like to speak into this, but I understand that you can tell by, by when you take it out of the curing box that it's, that it's a little sticky and it shouldn't ah, be. And it okay. shouldn't be. It should yeah. not be. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. someday, when you get a chance, if there's any way you can get Lee Culp to come on the 
on the program and uh, and talk about the the various printing machines and the various materials he does uh, has worked with. It's it, that would be a, a really okay. interesting thing because I'll tell you, he was so critical and still is. We had him out to the uh, factory about two and a half, three weeks ago for a couple of days because we're developing a splint material, a soft splint material. And we have one now and with his blessing, it will be fine. But he was hammering at us for months about what was necessary in the marketplace. Just to be a Me Too is okay, but it's not going to gain you credibility in the market. And our goal is to set the standard, which we are going to, are we, uh, Wally Renee said we already have in the nano hybrid market. Uh, we, you know, we've come up with the strongest material that and, and it's radio opaque, which is also really important for uh, people like Barbara and doing implants, et cetera, to be able to see it uh, actually uh, in a radiograph. X-ray. Yep. 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 So we, you know, again, I'm excited about what I'm doing now. Uh, I have no intention of, not continuing to work until I think that they'll they'll probably uh, be burying me in a box with a telephone. But that's oh. not <laughs> one question: Is your wife happy? <laughs> oh, I, I'm at home in my home office. I get to be here. I can uh, I can play with my dogs at lunchtime, and I lo- and I close my door to my office because the puppies. And so she doesn't even know I'm here half the time and she gets to do what she wants to do. And she is delighted. She is delighted because she doesn't have to to be, you know, I'm very needy as most men are, (laughs) you know, honey, can you get me? Can you, can you pass me? Um, um, (laughs) Barb's laughing, but it's true. Oh, she's like, Jesus, would you go do something, please? <laughs> you know, and, and when I'm home, I'm, honey, can you bring me a cup of coffee? You know, and I'm, I'm like, I'm saying, I'm turning into my father. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I must say I have a, an opportunity. I have to tell you, I'm going to Chicago because we have this new product that we're going to be introducing in Chicago. And please drop by if, if you're a listener and you can see it. But at any rate, um, I do. Uh, I'm going to Chicago. I'm going to be there uh, Wednesday through Saturday. I come home on Sunday morning. I check into the University Medical Center on Monday, and I have a quadruple bypass on the Tuesday. So, Jesus. oh my gosh! So, but you don't see me uh, anxious about it. But you're. But I'm lying through my teeth if I say that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but. but you know, again, uh, it's a family thing. I'm, you know, all of our families are have uh, heart issues, etc. Basically, as, as my heart surgeon said, eh, it's another day at the office for me. So, you know, don't worry about it. We're going to be fine. And but he said we have to fix the plumbing. So, yeah. I'm not looking forward to it, but I am. You know, and we've got great confidence that everything will be good. And I know there's the recovery afterwards is not going to be pleasant, but at the same time. I'll probably down for a month, but that's okay. After that, I think I'll be able to get back at my my phone, and that's all I need really to do a lot of my work. And uh, because I have to tell you, AI is something that is just awesome. Barbara, you yes. have to know that AI is going to be 
a huge player in the marketplace for dental technicians in the next five years. I mean, it's remarkable to just be able to design on the screen and the AI takes over and goes into the libraries, etc., and comes out with a recommendation that is so, so close to what, what you want. It's, it's amazing. They're never going to take away the, the need of a technician to, to do what you do so well, Barbara, with, the, with aesthetics and things like yeah. that. Yeah. But, you know, to the basic crown will be something that you can just print right now. I believe yeah. that everything will be printed in the next five to six years. Everything. Milling will be a historic event. And that's saying a lot because I, I just know that that's, that's what's going down the road. I don't disagree with you, but that's a bold statement, <laughs> especially for five years. Yeah, we should say, are you putting your job on that statement, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> and the reality, Barbara, at this stage of life, I could probably do that. <laughs> Yeah, in reference to Mr. Danley. I really do. I, I, I see the technology moving along as fast as it is. And I, I, I see the AI stuff going on that we as a company are involved in and other things. And I look at it and say, wow. Um, mm. You know, I mean, things can be done so, so quickly to erase and get away from some of the fit problems with dentures and some of the fit problems with crowns and and. We're coming out, for example, with a dental cement for for rodent sculpture because, and, I, and you both know the wonderful experience that 3M went through with their lava and their ultimate material that they started popping off in the mouth because they were basically majorly resin materials and mm-hmm. they flexed at the margin and yeah. they started popping off all over the place and $3 million later, I guess Ah. 3M said, I don't want to do this anymore. And so every material, you have to think of it all the way through to the end. And that when I say that, our CEO, when we started out developing rodent sculpture, one of the first things he said is, how are we going to cement or bond it into the mouth? And so we're working from both ends back towards the middle. Our cement chemists, et cetera, we're working along at a heavy rate. And we believe we have a cement that we'll be introducing very shortly that is, well, even my girlfriend, uh, Rella Christensen up in Utah, uh, she's anxious to get her hands on it because we are making some claims that I won't make on this station right now. But I will uh, tell you that it's it's industry setting standards of, 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 of adhesive. Sounds like you're in the know, Brian. We actually talked to uh, Rella on the podcast, uh, what did you say, like six months ago? And she's just yeah. so amazing. Super. Oh. Oh. She's a really good friend because, uh, again, I've been in the digital industry since Moby Dick was a guppy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, well, that's the truth. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, having said that, you know, as I've always said, Elvis, you know, this industry has put diapers on me. This industry's put diapers on my children. Uh, this industry's put diapers on my grandchildren. Yeah. Well, and going forward, well, that just depends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. 
that's kind of funny. I got that. <laughs> By the go. way, are any of your children in the industry? I'm just curious. Both of them played a role in the industry, but my son said, I, no, this isn't for me. And so he is uh, now in the transit industry and up in Canada, and uh, he's going to be retiring, my goodness gracious, in a couple of years. Wow. Um, is he going to retire before you? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. He has the attitude is that I work for money to do the things that I want to do. And that's not a bad attitude, okay? Yeah. Uh, and, and he doesn't like to come home and have a bunch of stuff sitting on his head. And He likes to have a job and go and do it and come home. And, and he does his job exceptionally well. And, and then he... Uh, he comes home and he doesn't think about it anymore. He just, but uh, I'm usually sometimes sitting in my office here at seven, eight o'clock at night working on, on projects because that's what I enjoy. That's my hobby. I'm passionate about this industry because guess what, Barb, these people that I deal with every day as customers, they're not customers, they're friends. Mm -hmm. and one of the things my father taught me very early you do not screw your friends. Excuse yeah. my language. But well, we like that language on our podcast. Okay. Be, no worries. Be, <laughs> because they are your friends. Don't go in there and sell them a product the next that, that five weeks later it's going to fall off and, and then cost them several thousands of dollars in business and also in, in the loss business. You know, there, there was a, a gentleman of the name of Jim Glidewell says, when you have a remake, You've lost the crown that you're remaking. You've lost the crown that you could have remade. And you've lost the crown that you remade. So you, yep. you lose three times in the process. So uh, you don't need materials on the marketplace that don't perform. And, mm -hmm. and I'm very, very, very pleased that we don't do that. We are overly cautious, to be honest with you. I mean, that's okay, though. That's really okay. Because... Uh, in the end, you know, I was taught by a very, very good man by the name of Bob Ganley that you you have a product and you make sure it works. Now, I won't talk about Targus Vextris, but that's another whole story. I'd like to throw that at him once in a while. I uh, used that. I was there. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I, I, there there's one of the products that didn't cure. It just didn't cure. No, that's some of the things we've been talking about today. But I will share one other little gem with you that you can use or not use. When I first was in this business, as I mentioned, I was working for a dental supply company. My very first dental call was in a little town up in the Okanagan Valley of British Columbia, Canada. And it was to in a little town called Penticton at the end of the Lake Okanagan there. And so I wandered in there as a dental supply salesperson making my first call on a gentleman by the name of Dr. Bill Akins. I'm sure that Bill's gone on right now to, to the dental office in the sky. But at the same time, I have to tell you, I walked in there and I told him I was where I was from and all that sort of stuff. And the, and the girl went back and said, okay. And the guy came, came out and he, Bill came out and he said to me, oh, so you must be Roy Benny's son. And I said, yes, I am. And he said, well, come on in. I've known Roy, but I, well, this was a nice thing to be able to get in. So sure. I went in there and I was walking past and down the hall, past an operatory. And I glanced in and I said, what the hell is that? You know, so I stopped and he, he noticed I'd stopped and he came back to me and I said, what, what's going on? What's that? He said, oh, that's my, that's my drill. I said, what? 
Yeah, and he went over to it, sat down, started pumping it with his foot, driving a pulley, went up to another pulley, went up to another pulley, went up to an arm. He was driving a dental handpiece with a foot pedal. It was like a manual? Yeah. It, yeah. It was like, wow. So that's going back a long ways. And of course, I've seen the old torture chairs that they used and, the, and everything else. I was, I was there. I was there when they, when they first dental x-ray. The big bulb tube Ritter B X-ray machine. That was wow. the first one that was that was brought into the dental office. Gosh, everything was so analog you wouldn't believe it, and now it's so digital. It's it's just so awesome to be part of that change. And Barb, I hate to tell you this, and Harmeet would probably flip over twice when I tell you this. I do think, in the fullness of time, that we are heading back in the direction of that there will be need for a dental technician in all of these, for sure, uh, what we call DSOs now. I yeah. just know that's coming because I know that that Night Dental Studio does a lot of work with a certain large DSO, and I do believe that that's going to merge into having you guys having technicians in the field in their various locations. I can see it coming now wow. because, you know, it's just that's how fast technology is moving. And as I said, I believe that right now a milled denture will fit better than a printed denture. Absolutely true. That number one. Number two, there's not today a print material that I would respect to be used as a permanent denture in the mouth. And I'm telling you that, not even ours. Hmm. I will tell you. It definitely will be on the drawing. It's on the drawing board and it's past the drawing board. We will have a denture base material within the next year and a denture tooth material within the next year that will fix those problems. Hmm. Is it aesthetics that's keeping it, in your opinion, keeping it out or is it a strength? It's strength. I think the aesthetics, we have people like Barbara. We have a a stain kit that's particularly designed. We will be introducing that in Chicago, particularly designed for the uh, print material, the the nano-hybrid materials for teeth. We have a stain stain and glaze kit, quite extensive actually, that people like Barbara can turn these nano-hybrids into really, really stunning uh, restorations. Um, you know, we, again, taking away the art and science is not going to happen. In other yeah. words, dental technicians are not going to lose their quotation marks jobs. They're yeah, going to be yeah. doing it differently. That's all. Yep. That's all. I saw that on Facebook the other day and I had to scratch my head. I was like, yeah, there, nobody's getting rid of us. It's just not going to happen. That's just There's not no going to happen. Yep. That's not going to happen. They're always going it, you know, and we look at industry, look at industry. Yes, there's robotics, there's all this stuff going on. But guess what? There's people driving those robotic machines and telling them how to do it and what to do. And those people are not off the street. They're well-trained technologists, etc. And one of the things that we all have to remember, every single restoration is a prototype. Mm-hmm. You're not making bolts. You're not making implants. You're making devices that go in the human body. That you cannot do in mass production. You just right. can't. Yep. Even the size of the lecture organization, every restoration they make 
is a personalized and a technician has to touch it a number of times. You oh, know, yeah. yeah. Sure. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting on my soapbox here, but that's another whole story. There's so much coming down the road. I have my fingers in a lot of pies and a lot, and I talk to a lot of people that are my friends that started out in this industry as some one or two of them as delivery boys for dental labs. And now they actually own some big ones. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the, in is that my father and Walter Baluk were best buddies. Well, now his son, uh, Dwayne Baluk, is one of the finest dental technicians that I know. And he owns uh, Baluk Dental Studios and Dental Operations in Richmond. I think it is Richmond, Ontario. Uh, he's he's quite well known uh, in uh, in the dental industry up there. And I think he's getting to the point where he must be, well, yeah, he must be 70 some odd now himself because we're, we're the same age, you know. We don't even know that we're not brothers. So I'll put that <laughs> So, Brian, what do you account for you staying up on all this technology? I mean, it's hard for people half your age to keep up on everything. And here you are participating in creating new resins that's going to change the game. Well, that's not very nice of you to say. But again, what keeps you up on it? I read a lot. You know, I mean... Let's be honest, watching the television is getting pretty boring these days. Yes, sir. Uh, there's nothing, nothing on the TV. So I sit and I, with my phone and, the, and I read articles and I read all the journals. I read uh, research reports and it's, it's just something I do because I, I enjoy it. I enjoy, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll look at a, at a product completely different from how the advertising is written. I look at it from the physical properties and, and material standpoint. That's how I look at it. Then when I see it, I'll go and I'll talk to people like Russell Giordano and say, is this is stuff any good, etc." And, you know, I'll get the real scoop on it because why? I get asked. I, I you know, I get, it's like Norm Weinstock. I mean, Norm, Norm, you know, he's forgotten more than most, most people half his age knows. Okay. Uh, and, and why? Because people ask and we go and we go out and look and find the answer. It, because why? They're our friends. That's the, the secret to this industry is you got to do, th- you, you know, I keep my, my relationships with, with customers that are now that we're my, that are my friends and retired and got big yachts and boats and all that sort of thing. And, you know, and I'm sitting here watching the wild animals come down to my house and drink out of my ponds. But at the same time, I really, really enjoy still playing around. It's what keeps me, I really, you know, without the the physical issues, I look at it and say, you know, I feel like I'm 40 and I really do. Um, And it keeps me young because it keeps my mind active. And, And Elvis, yeah, I'm not looking ever forward to retiring. It's not in my blood. Okay, it just uh, I, I just don't look because why? It's 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 what I like to do, and if you do what you like to do every day, it's, it's not a job. It's not a job. Yeah, it's not a job. I there tell my know. son that all the time. So yeah, nobody understands it. You get up every morning. Why do you? Why are all the members that way? Uh, <clears throat> the AACD. Why are they all? like that because they're passionate yeah you know if you listen to the lecture you know i mean if you go to gordon christensen's lectures he's slowing down he's in his 70s but 
you can go to them. And he starts to lecture, and he's, he stand, used to stand up in a three-piece suit. And he, mm-hmm. by the time he was finished his lecture, his, the suit, the jacket was off, the vest was off, the tie was down, and he was he was like an evangelistic preacher at that point. <laughs> yeah, because he's passionate. It wasn't all about him making money. It was all about him sharing what he's experienced. And he's still like that today. I I salute the man, but at the same time, that's what this industry does to people. You know, once a dental technician, always a dental technician, you know, I don't think when I'm gone, they're going to embalm me. They're going to actually embalm me with monomer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I hope. And, and boil me. <laughs> boil out, yeah. Why are you going to um, Chicago for such a long time? 50 years. Are you going to LMT and the doctors? Um... Yes, I, I'm going to. I, uh, of course, I love to be at LMT. I do have some uh, some meetings over on Thursday at, uh, at McCormick, uh, yes. Um, yeah. But again, if I could share one thing, Gentlemen, the pandemic has not, or ladies and gentlemen, the pandemic is not over. It's still in the air. There's a lot of people from all over the world that come to Chicago. You'll see me there, but I'll have my mask on. I hate to tell you people, but it's, there's still a level of caution out there. I'm just saying the way it is. I, uh, I've done my homework. I've done my, I've talked to Torella, even the microbiologist that she does. And she has even said to me, yes, indeed. You know, there are going to be times that you won't wear wear it or something. But at the same time, when you're in the masses, make sure that you are aware that it's still out there. And the last thing I want to do is catch a virus before surgery. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Anyhow, it's been a wonderful, wonderful time chatting to you, and it really is. I, I really enjoyed it this morning. Again, there are many, 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 many companies out on the marketplace that have outstanding and good materials to use in the industry. My competitors are, uh, for the most part, very good people. They have to be because they wouldn't be in business today if they weren't. I got one question to ask you. Barbara, do you remember a product called Luxine? No. There you go. See, you're too young. You're too young. (laughs) You're too young. There was a denture product called Luxine, and it was an injection molding product. Okay, and all big laboratories around North America, they got sold on this Luxine material. It It was a resin plastic injection molding, but you had to have the whole lab replumbed for this and everything else. Well, they didn't do their R&D really well. And one day, within a period of about three weeks, this whole pressure machine system started blowing up all over the country. And the connections underneath the floor were blowing up and there was resin all over the place. Then the tubes in the labs were, were breaking and there was raw acrylic flying all over the whole lab. It was a terrible product, but it was it was good. It made a good denture, but the, the system to manufacture it wasn't there. It cost hundreds of thousands of dollars in re, redoing the lab uh, for all, all over the place. And the company went bankrupt and out of business, of course. But 
that doesn't happen these days because of some of the standards that are out there and the intelligence that we have today as the owners of dental laboratories. The, de- the, the, the owners of dental laboratories have been burned too many times yep. to let themselves get, I don't want to use the word sucker punch, but that's probably it, into using inferior materials. I know it from personal experience. I, I have some very, very good friends uh, that I'm wanting them to experience and evaluate our rodent sculpture material. And they're very, very cautious. And, you know, I respect that. That That's just the way it is. I respect it. And so it takes a little longer to get it into uh, some of the labs out there, but we do, we're growing every single day. We, uh, we sell some more. And uh, there's a couple of very big labs that we have as customers that are using the material, but it took months to get them to convinced that it would be uh, easy to do. So these days, dental labs do not change products easily. They don't, and, and Barb knows this, you don't change porcelain real easy. Heck no. Yeah, it's right. You know, yep. I mean, you've been using the same porcelain that you're using since when? Oh, it's got to be at least 12, 12 years. Well, yeah, probably 10 years. There you go. There yep. you go. I had the awesome opportunity and experience this in my career to work with the United States Air Force. And I used to get criticized. I used to go, go up to Peterson Air Force Base and, and, and also some of the other ones around the country, Elmendorf, et cetera, and be the special accounts manager for these things. And my boss used to keep coming back to him at Vita, coming back to him. He says, well, how come they haven't bought anything? I said, it's a process. It's not an event. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, six years after I started the process of working with them, I had the awesome experience to bring to the president of Vita or Vident an order for over $1 million in porcelain for the United States Air Force. And we had to send, again, the responsibility of the manufacturer. We had to send, part of the deal, send a couple of technicians to every Air Force base, every United States Air Force base in the world to train them on Vita porcelain. Wow. And and so that was an awesome, awesome story. And it was a great sale, obviously. And all my, uh, all my boss said to me was, thank you very much. That's a great, we spent a lot of money to get this order, you know, and I'm looking at him. Was there a word in here? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But eventually I, I, he had, he was very, very generous and, and I, I was very excited about the, the opportunity. But again, my, my point of the, of the discussion is that don't change easy. If they change easy, they'll change easy again. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, it's very, very worthwhile to thoroughly train people. I tell you what I see happening out there is there are some companies that are all of a sudden they're on the printing fad. Let's sell a printer to every dental office in the country. Wonderful. They're sitting in dental offices at bookends because because their dentists are not technicians. And, you know, oh, by the way, buy my printer. Oh, by the way, you have to buy the ExoCAD or somebody's software. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Now you have to have somebody to run it. 
Oh, I, I, my dental assistant can run that. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Here's a video. <laughs> not, <laughs> the video. Yeah. Not, not, not. Um, so there, I, I, I do see there's a, that not being a, a very good uh, model. Because, again, with printing in the dental office, you have to change materials. Okay, changing materials in a dental lab, especially a printing material, isn't really an easy, clean job, okay? No, it isn't. All right. <laughs> well, can you imagine this in a little tiny dentist's office of them be changing this materials and not knowing what the material is and getting it all over the place and getting the resin on, a, on the $10,000 uh, uh, lab tabletop that they have in there and then can't get it off and it gets hard because it's photosensitive to light and it starts to yeah. tear off. I've seen some real, real clam bake. So again, I don't think that the dentist's office are going to take over the restoration business from the dental technician. That's not something I see happening very, very soon. That one I'll give you 10 to 20 years on at least. There you go. Um, I do see, uh, Barb, I do see them, uh, dental offices printing splints and things and night guards. Yes, I do yeah, see them doing that. That's fine I, with me. That, I was going to say, that's fine with you. Yeah, that's fine yeah. with me. You know, yeah. and, and, that, and that's what I see. If the printers are used correctly, that's what I see them see them yeah. doing. Yep. But I don't see them getting into printing restorations. That's just there's too much knowledge. You know, everybody has to all all they have to do is think of one thing. In the real world, when they run a bridge across a river, can they send out anybody to do that? No. Nope. No, you because it's an engineering project. A lot of steps and little check marks and a lot of boxes to be checked. Well, guess what you're doing inside the mouth? Same. You're damn building thing. a bridge. Yep. yep. And mm. everybody doesn't think of dental technicians as engineers. I do. Oh, yeah, for I sure. Do. I do. You know, a denture is basically a full mouth reconstruction. That's what people need to really think. It's not just a denture. If it's a properly made denture, it's a whole mouth reconstruction. Well said. And I and I think we should take a wrap on that note because I think everybody, you just said something super positive, which I love and I completely agree with. And thank you very much for, for coming on our podcast, Brian. Well, thank you for inviting yeah. me. you inviting me. You guys do an awesome job. And it's just so much fun listening to you because you. that's part of one of the things I do to stay up on things. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you very much again from the thriving metropolis of Pahrump, Nevada. Thank you. Thank and you. Brian, good luck on your surgery. Thank and, you. And uh, we wish you good thoughts and you'll come out, I believe, even stronger. Thank you. Thank you, you very much. Chicago. I feel so as well. Thank you. I always awesome. do. I always do. Yep. Thanks, Brian. We'll Thank talk you. to you soon. I know. Right. A huge thanks to Brian for coming on our podcast and talking about the amazing career that you have had and more importantly, still having. But you have the energy of somebody half your age and you've had the experiences of someone twice your age. Absolutely amazing experiences and thank you for sharing with us. We are also extremely happy to announce that Brian did have his surgery the day after Lab Day Chicago, and he is doing fine, resting, and we are sure already working on the next thing from Pac Dent. Thank you, Brian. 
Get well. Awesome. What a great conversation. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to everybody next week. See ya. Have a good one. Bye. It's to be you. Yeah.